Have you ever thought about starting your own business? Most people at some point in their lives have the desire to start something that's completely their own, where they're completely free to set their own schedule, design their own team, and create something that is completely unique that they have 100% responsibility for. While this is a beautiful thing, there are a lot of questions that are worth asking. What type of product or service will do best for you given your skills and given the current market climate? What type of business should you create? Should it be a product company or a service company or a consulting company or a publishing company or something else? Should you have partners or should you go it alone? Do you need employees or are there other ways to delegate non-essential tasks so that you can focus your limited time and energy on the most important things? So far, I've started 36 businesses ranging from technology companies to publishing companies to consulting firms to performing arts groups. And all of them have a story to tell as a unique adventure in my life. Join me today as I have a discussion with Justin Murray Ross, one of Brojo's members who has recently started his own business and wanted to interview me for a podcast. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity. Welcome to the first episode of this podcast. I'm here with Mike Wells, uh, entrepreneur, started 36 businesses, and is now into coaching startups. Can you just give us a little overview of you know what you've done in business in the past? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think I've, I've always been drawn to new technology, new opportunities. They always presented the most interesting thing for me with a slightly geeky engineering creative mm. mindset, but uh, it was also an uncharted space. So it was sort of like being the first into a new, new land and you yep. get to find all the juiciest uh, opportunities there. So most of mine have been tech related. Uh, initially, software programming yep. for PCs and Windows way back in the day when that was first becoming a thing and there really wasn't any mm. good software available. Then of course the internet came along and that was a huge game changer technologically. And I dove in w building some internet magazines built one of the first internet website consultancies to help businesses get online, built one of the first online ad revenue models, which flopped. It ended up being a, uh, it was a very different take on, I was using a TV model, which uses prime time, uses time slots throughout oh, okay. the day to price was rather that than through... clicks. Oh, I see. So it was, it was our own model because no, yeah. one, no one knew how to monetize websites at the time. Mm. So we thought we'll borrow from the TV industry, right? That makes sense, people can relate to it. Yep. But the web went in a different direction mm. with clicks. Um, since then, I still focus primarily on technology, uh, have a mobile technology development company and do a lot of business software technology custom solutions for businesses and small businesses. Bulk of my work currently is helping startups. Mm. It's a space that I obviously personally relate to quite dearly, but what I find most appealing about it is it's more about, you know, w when you work with businesses, it's often about how do we increase our bottom line? That's yep. all they care about. And you walk away and they're richer, but nobody, you haven't improved anybody's life. Yep. When you're working with an entrepreneur, it's, it's an adventure. It's a personal growth adventure. 
and the challenges that they'll face along the way are as much fun to, to deal with as the business challenges themselves. Yep. So I really, I really enjoy that space a lot. Oh, okay. When, when was your first business that you ever started? Uh, How old were you then? So my first official business that was properly, had proper corporate formation and was profitable, yep. uh, was 19. 19 years 19, old, yeah. yeah. And sort of before that, had you, did you know you wanted to get into business? I or? always knew I wanted to get into business. I'm not sure why, it was just like a given. Yep. No one had to ask me, I'm like, I'm definitely gonna start my own business. Uh, I think again, the sense of adventure. Right, okay. Is that all, do you think that also relates to like a sense of building something for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed working with people and for people. I didn't have any kind of, you know, like weird anti-boss or anti-establishment dynamics. Yeah. It was just I wanted the freedom to chase my own visions and mm. dreams. And I knew that in a corporation, your first priority would be to do what your boss needed you to do. Yeah. And the corporation would, would always assume they had... Uh, the best path for you, the best place to focus you. I found that actually isn't the case. You can be an entrepreneur within a company just as successfully, mm. but it's a different dynamic, right? You have to set a very different frame okay. in that environment. Yeah. And sort of in terms of startups, what are you, in your experience, you know, what has been some of the hardest things that you know, small businesses, one or two people starting from the ground up in, you know, your mum's basement. What's sort of the hardest challenges that you've found? So if you're talking, let's talk about the one person mm -hmm. scenario first. That's the simplest scenario. In that scenario, the biggest challenges are motivation, yep. overcoming fear, figuring out how to balance out your life so that you can get over that initial hump of releasing your first product or getting your first service perfected or getting your first clients. Mm. That there's there's a, quite a fair bit of work in that, just getting everything lined up. And a lot of people fail before they ever reach that point. There is also a... Most people come from working for another company initially and then start their own business. Yep. That transition is very difficult for a lot of people because you're letting go of your lifeline. Yep. So you've got, you're going from having a regular paycheck, even if it's dismal, it's mm. survivable, right? And then when you're starting your own business, there is a point at which you have to let go of that lifeline or you can't grow your business the way it needs to grow. And figuring out when that is is difficult for a lot of people yeah because the big fear is if this doesn't pan out can i go back yeah right what's next yep. you know yeah i guess i've never really experienced that because due to my age it's i've kind of been you know school or you know university now or business it hasn't i'm not like in a career where i've had that security for the last five years and now I've got a you know a mortgage and family to look after. I've always had the opportunity to sort of just do this for a while, all in, and then do something else. But I don't want to. Right. Um. So tell me about you know what I personally find motivation isn't too much of an issue for me, but it's deciding where to focus my time and how to prioritize which tasks need to be done. 
Is this a one-person company we're talking about? The company that I own is three-person. Okay. But um, and there's there's a very distinct. So I'll, I'll give you a brief overview of what we do. We do uh, digital marketing, and I I mainly handle the marketing side and the sort of content creation side, whereas my other business partners they handle. You know, one of them handles strictly like website development, programming, and I don't really know anything about that. So that's an easy decision uh, and division there that I can make and say anything related goes to him. And then the other guy is he does sales, so he brings us in new clients. That's a good and division. Sort of anything related to that goes to him. But there's still so much within the category that I'm responsible for. You know, working on do I do we work on the clients that we have? Or do we work on us as a business? You know, where where do I focus my time? What do I do? Do you have any sort of like structure that you would use to divide that time up? Um, you know, it, it, to answer the general question, actually, let's back up a little bit. We talked about the biggest challenges in a one-person business scenario. Yep. The challenges in a team-run business are a little different. You have those same challenges. But very near the top of the list, I put team dynamics. Mm -hmm. The problem is that everyone's got a different idea of what this business looks like. Yeah. Everyone's got a different idea of what a 40-hour work week looks like. Yep, yep. Everyone's got a different idea of what turning out projects looks like, what deadlines look like, what time off looks like, uh, how much flexibility they should have. So you'll end up with some business partners who they're going into... Uh, entrepreneurship because they want the flexibility and the freedom for themselves mm. to do their own things and then you've got other business partners that are going into entrepreneurship because they want to succeed better than they can as part of another company and have that success be a hundred percent attributable to yep. you right those dynamics take a while to iron out mm. and it's when things start to go sideways it impacts everybody yep Anybody touching the company gets impacted by that, right? Now, you're in a good situation in the sense that you've got two service divisions, effectively, yep. and you've got a sales division. Yep. So as long as sales is doing its job, even if the other service guy didn't end up, say, pulling his weight or ended up sick, perhaps yep. had a health issue and was working half-time or just couldn't wait, run into the technology issues with delivery, mm. could be any number of things... And that's gonna, it's not going to impede you. Yep. Okay. The questions then will just be, how do we split income when it comes in? Yep. Right, because he's not quite doing the same amount of work. Between you and the sales, that's where the, the real dynamic happens. It's important to make sure someone's running the business. Mm. By that I mean handling the books, uh, dealing with employees when that happens, dealing with partners when that happens. Um, making sure that the finances and whatever costs you've got are tracked and managed and controlled. One of you will need to do that and essentially take the role of CEO. Yeah. Um, my first business was structured basically sales director and key, in key investor. Yep. And then uh, a CEO who just took care of the business and then oversaw day-to-day -day operations of the sales team, make sure that they're making calls and yep. that he's there to authorize certain sales and so on. And then I handled all products. 
So anything related to the technology, the manufacturing, the choice of products, the packaging, the branding, anything at all was, was under my mm. team. And that worked well. It worked well because I never had to worry about, is there money in the bank account? I got a report every day. Every time I had, we had a meeting, every time we had a new big check come in, I knew yep. I didn't have to do anything. Someone else handled that. Yes. One of the big challenges you'll find is that to grow the business, you need to be able to concentrate your attention mm-hmm. on what you're doing. So being able to delegate those other responsibilities out 100% and not constantly ask that question, do I need to check zero and update our accounts, yeah, and yeah. Is, is, a, is going to be an important factor. And I found that true for every business I've ever been involved in, is you need that, de- that delegation. Yeah. If you try, the, the problem with the solo entrepreneur is that growth is going to be slow because you're spread super thin right. in learning different yep. skill sets and in worrying about different concerns and it makes it very, very difficult to get traction. Mm. You end up diving into product or service offering and you're not doing sales. Then yep. you're not doing sales, but you're not taking care of product or service offering. Yep. And then taxes come around and for a solid month, you're flat out trying to catch up on your finances. And it's just, it's very disruptive without that yep. team division. In your situation, it sounds like everything is set up, structured well. The main thing will be good communication, good expectation setting. And, you know, if anybody f- is feeling stress, it needs to come out. So the way I'd suggest you deal with that is have some fun time together. Make it part of the schedule. In Japan, there's this common practice where you go to work and you just you smash it as hard as you can. And you're, there's tons of respect and there's tons of structure and there's tons of formality. You just work your ass off, right? Yep. And then after work, you go out and get pissed. You all go get drunk, and that's where you get to tell your boss everything that they did wrong today and everywhere you felt disrespected and everywhere. And that's very important to maintaining the integrity of the team and integrity of those relationships. And it's something that Western businesses don't often do. Mm. So there is a fierce uh, love-hate relationship, particularly across levels of the hierarchy, because there's no communication. It's very much top-down, do this with an implied or else. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's quite toxic. Within a team of three founders, it's similar. Yep. You, you, want, you, you have this idea of what them putting in an equal share is. You have an idea of how much you're putting in as an equal share. That doesn't mean they can see the same work that you're doing. Yeah, that's definitely something we've had a bit of a struggle with. Any sort of tips for sort of outlying that because I know like we've tossed up you know having we each put in you know 10 hours a week or whatnot but then it kind of seems like some roles require more work than others and that's true and it it largely comes down to deliverables as well yep so 10 hours of sales may not net you anything yep 10 hours of product development may only net you one website release per month. Yep. Right? So you'll, you'll have to discuss and negotiate it. And I'd say to, to a large extent, if the three of you sit down weekly yep. in front of a marker board and kind of chart out, here's what we're aiming for, and you each choose your own targets. Here's what I'm going to have done in two weeks' time. Okay. Here's what's happening at the end of the week. 
and then all of you get to see that and say, hey, that's you're, you're taking on too much. Yep. You need to call that out. Some people will, and they are overly ambitious, yep. and then they'll burn out. Or you're not ticking on enough. We feel that you should probably do a little bit more. Can you do 15 hours this week of, you yeah. know, of marketing? Can you finish this project and bring in that income? Can you try to get two new clients by the end of the month? Yep. Um, the, the, the challenge that I think you face is there's this unassigned position of GM, general manager. Mm. And that means that somewhere you have to assign and delegate the mundane business operational tasks. Now the business is formed, accounts mm -hmm. are set up, yep. everything's good. So it really comes down to things like invoicing, chasing down invoices, that could fall under sales potentially, but they, you really want them out selling. Yep. Um, you could hire an accountant to handle some of that, it's pretty cheap. But you really wanna make certain that it doesn't end up you know, railroading you any of any of you in that oh, this has got to be taken care of now and then suddenly you're, you can't hit your objectives things start to slip mm. clients start to get busy you know so with sort of you know having a weekly meeting and delegating tasks for the next week do you think it's a key uh, principle to for everyone to sort of decide what they are going to be doing each? yeah you yeah. you have to essentially um, you have to be 100% committed to what you're agreeing to do. So it can't be okay. assigned to you. Fair enough. People generally in that situation will step up and say, I think I can accomplish this. There's an excitement yeah. to that, right? Okay. But everybody has to feel comfortable with what's happening. Mm. You're all doing slightly different jobs. So figuring out what sounds even is going to be a changing yeah. dynamic. It'll also let you know very quickly what's going on in people's lives. Hey, I'm having a stressful week at home. My kid's sick. Uh, you know, which will happen someday. <laughs> um, I've got some other stuff I need to take care of. I'm going away. I've got family coming in town. It's holidays. You'll know sooner rather than later how to adjust. Yeah. So that week by week meeting, I recommend you do it every week. Um, I was trying to decide whether it makes more sense to do it at the start of the week or the end of the week. Mm. They both have value. We currently have one every Monday night, and then we try. We actually have been trying to do two a week. Okay. Um, I was reading in the what's that? Think and Grow Rich. Yep. And he suggested having a meeting as you know as often as possible while the business is still new, so that everyone is consistently on track. We all keeping the same idea of what's happening and sort of thing, because we find that even you know with technology these days. Uh, after a meeting, it's kind of, you know, we hear nothing from anyone else and it's like next week. So what is everyone what up are you, to? What are you using as technology to communicate? We've been using Messenger and we've tried Trello and we've tried project management software like Zoho. But it's, yeah. Do you use Slack? Uh, is that an instant messaging platform? No. Slack is a groupware instant messaging platform. So... Essentially, you can have as many people as you want as part of your team and you create channels for discussion. The way I use it, I'll give you, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a practical example. Uh, one of the businesses I started was a fun one. It was a performing arts group for a Japanese drumming team. 
it's got 10 teachers. Uh, I founded it. There were three founders originally. I'm the only founder still active now, and I'm actually just handing it over now to the teachers to own themselves. Yep. All of the communications that we do are in Slack. The advantage is it's far easier to find compared with, say, emails or instant messaging. Yep. Yep. We can have group discussions about certain things, such as preparing for Japan Day mm -hmm. or some new gig or new students coming into classes. I can make certain that every time a new student signs up online, that automatically there is a post in the classes forum, hey, a new student just enrolled, all the teachers know. Helps oh, them keep okay. abreast yep. of new enrollments, what's happening. They can make comments. Everyone can see those comments. So you can think of it like corporate chat rooms. Yep. The structure, it's very simple, but the fact that you can add and remove channels easily is very powerful. It just means that you could, for major projects, you'd create a channel, just so all those notes are in one place. Deadlines, comments, photos, file uploads, web links, reports, yep. new schedules, calendars, everything would go in there. One of the things that I like best about Slack is searchable. So later um, you're like, where was that link for uh, the thing? Yep, yep. Sure. Yeah, you don't have to ask, is that Messenger or did we send that on? Scroll back. Is that WhatsApp? Three weeks, where did, yeah. Yeah, no, you search it. Wow, okay. And that includes links, that includes files that you've uploaded to artwork, that includes, you know, YouTube links. Hey, I need to watch them. We need to watch this at some point. That includes demo links. You can even, although I think this will start to cost a little bit, that's all on the free plan, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you pay a little bit, you can then invite individuals to specific channels who are not part of the organization, which means you could create a client-specific project yep. and let the clients in. In my experience, that's not that helpful. Most clients don't want to learn a new tool. True. But for your team, it's well, well worth it. It's got a great mobile app. It all fits together. Now, the reason that I mention this is that I meet with my drum team now once a quarter, and yet there is never anything that we don't know. We've, we've, we've found a way to use Slack so efficiently that no one's left out of the loop. There's really no reason to have face-to-face -face meetings on a regular basis because those minute-by-minute -minute decisions, do we want to take this gig, do we not want to take this gig, how much do we want to charge to do that school for three days? You know, what, what new equipment concerns do we have? All the dojos in use, we need to book a new venue, and I take care of that. The messaging is all instant and immediate, and it becomes sort of the central hub of communication. The meetings end up being the places where big decisions are made, not where information is communicated. And that right. makes the meetings much more effective, too. Yep. It's not, here's the last month of stuff I need to catch you up on. Yep. It's... True, okay. That's yeah, what I mean. it's yep. here are the five decisions I need to walk away with today. Right. And that makes it far more practical for everyone. Okay. And sort of coming to meetings, do you, would you uh, recommend, you know, each person brings a list of a few things they want to go over or? Yeah. Yeah. They, they will kind of automatically on their own. That's the purpose of the meeting is what, you know, list anything you need, yep. tell us where you're at. Initially, if you run the meeting, you can just lead that. You can just yep. say, 
hey, what are the top things you finished last week? What are you doing this week? Yep. What are your shots for this week, right? Um, any new problems? Anything special coming up in terms of personal schedule stuff that's going to disrupt future things like I'm planning a vacation away yep. to Vanuatu? And notes from a meeting? Would you put them into the Slack channel as well? or I, I would. I tend to minimize that type of formality. Okay. Like a like a you know a meeting minutes type of secretary position. Yeah. I've not found a value to it in general. It is necessary for your actual formal corporate meetings, where, like your end of year directors meetings, that kind of thing. Your directors meetings do need to have minutes if it's a formal you know stock based company like yeah. a, like a limited liability. In the case of minutes for regular meetings no but i definitely have a list of here's what you're doing this week mm. and a central calendar that's updated i use google calendar for everything okay is that is that paid or is that free <laughs> google calendar is free yeah google calendar is fantastic because you can access it on any device uh, which means that i can get a phone call or a text and then immediately put a meeting on my calendar mm. and then everybody knows about it yep i can integrate it with everything I can tie it into uh, booking systems so that other people can only book when I've got available time, which is great for client meetings. So that can link through to Calendly, can it? I use I use Calendly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I use Calendly because it ties into Google Calendar, and I can list all the Google Calendars I want it to respect my bookings on. So I have like 50. Yep. And it looks at all of them and goes, okay, this is when Mike's busy. Here's when he's available. And then you can find an hour and a half slot that way. So, so those tools, the, the way you want to think of it is, and this goes for anybody, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working for you know, a business, you want to optimize your time and your attention to be able to focus in as efficiently as possible on the things your brain is good at. If you find yourself investing a lot of time in taking meeting minutes, figuring out how to contact Bob, you know, sending emails and writing emails around, um, dealing with appointments and trying to figure out when you can meet with Sally. There are better ways. The tech that's out today, even the free levels stuff can completely revitalize your world in mm. terms of basic efficiency. So learn, learn those tools. It's worth that, that investment learn them one at a time. But once you've got those in place, there's an enormous amount of freedom that you get in the ability to focus your energy most effectively. Yep. The way I look at it is, you know, we've got eight hours in a day that we typically work. Oftentimes I'll work 12, depends, you know. Uh, but only really two to three of those are prime hours where you've got lots of creativity, problem solving energy, focus, and you're mm. just ready to smash it. You don't want to spend that on mundane tasks. But a lot of us do. So that's an important aspect of what you're doing. And as part of your meetings, you can introduce those tools. Hey, today, let me give you a quick tour on how to use Slack. Here's yeah. how to, let's get it installed on your phone. Let's get you all set up. We're going to set up some channels. This is where we're going to do all of our posts and notes. We're going to stop using Messenger. It's not searchable. Stuff scrolls off screen five minutes later. Yeah, that's you know. so true. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we've been trying to find a shared calendar that worked well, actually. So I think Google calendars would be a good idea. Do you just add them by email? Yep. Yep. 
And you, can you can give them view only permissions or read write permissions. Right, okay. So some of the calendars will be shared where anybody can schedule team meetings and stuff. Yep. And some of the calendars will just be like, here's what I'm up to and when I'm away on right. vacation. And, and then that way, again, everyone can see yep. when you've got things up. And, and you can even integrate that into Slack as well, where it will oh, okay. automatically notify you when stuff's coming up. It's really yep. interesting. Yes. There's some crazy things you can do. Okay, cool. I'll definitely actually do that. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is what what's your idea on setting goals for a small business? So is it good to have, you know, sort of a five yearly goal, a yearly goal, a monthly goal, or how do you, how would you sort of go around structuring that? The the thing I've found is that when you start the business, your idea of who your customers are, what you're selling, what a day looks like at the office, are all probably all flat out wrong. Yep, <laughs> I can agree with that. You're probably probably already yep. found out that they're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for the first six to nine months minimum, I'd go as flexible as possible. And that basically means we're looking for clients, here's what we think we're selling, here's yep. what we're promoting. We haven't invested a ton in like floor to ceiling banners and billboards, we're doing handheld handout flyers and web pages that we can change easily. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're building our business, we're exploring. Once you start to figure out where the revenue is, ask the customers, you know, what do you need? Where, what's your biggest sticking point in marketing? Yep. Where do you need help? They'll tell you. Uh, and at that point, you start to hone in on what skills do we have? What skills can we acquire? What products and services should we be selling that we would enjoy selling and producing? that are worthwhile, that our customers are ready to throw money down on the table for, mm. and then expand out from there. And, and ask your customers for references, ask your customers to um, recommend other businesses, suppliers, partners that they've got who might need your help. Right, yep. You know, you'll expand very quickly from there if you treat your customers well and look after their needs. That's another issue that a lot of business owners don't get at the beginning. I recently dealt with, funny enough, uh, an SEO-focused company yep. who had a lot of technical experience in SEO, knew how to do SEO, had zero experience running a business, and ended up absolutely pissing off their first major client because poor communication, mm. very, very poor expectations setting. Um, delivered nothing, still demanded to get paid. It was that kind of that mm. kind of dynamic. Was trying to take a big business corporate mentality and apply it to running a small business and it did it went sideways fast. Yeah. And that's that's unfortunate. So so the lesson there is be very adaptable to your clients' needs. Don't let them walk all over you, get payments in advance or figure out which ones are reliable. Yep. But your goal is to constantly check in, make sure you're delivering what they need and owning your own mistakes. Mm. If you screw something up or if you didn't set expectations right, that's at your expense, at least partly. Yeah. Right. And it, that's part of the cost of learning. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that's definitely something I agree with. We've recently, sort of in the last month, taken a change because we originally started coming in and we were like, you know, here's, we're going to go to a meeting, find out this. Here's what we're gonna, you know, gonna offer the client. 
you know, these five different services, it's going to be this much, priced on this, and, uh, and that's going to be it. And now we've kind of switched to just going in without any sort of uh, idea in mind of what we're going to offer the client and sort of just saying, you know, hey, we're new, we understand that we're new, so we're willing to sort of work with you, what do you need that we can provide, and then go from there, rather than assuming that, you know, these are the services we're going to provide, if the client doesn't like them, then that's too bad. Yeah, I quite like that. There is a danger to, <laughs> this is a common, a common mistake I see new business owners do is they figure, hey, we don't know what's going to sell, yep. so we're going to sell everything. Yep. And they spend a ton of time writing up, here's our service list, and it's got 800 services on it. Right? Yeah, right. Yep. The problem is you put that in front of a client, and they're like, you probably don't do anything well. Yeah, true. Because yeah. you're trying to do everything, right? So there's there's a loss of confidence. There's also just a lot of confusion. It's too many choices. What do we mm. need? There's actually a lot more advantage to becoming very, very focused. Even in your case, rather than saying we do web and we do uh, you know, SEO and AdWords and so on, yeah. pick one and just kill it. Yeah. Do it really well. Like We specialize in this and nothing else. If you mm. need help with this, there's no one else who will throw as much attention and time at your project as we yeah. will. And that, that point of focus really, really helps people navigate your website, really helps them navigate the concept of what your business is. And the idea is you really want your business to be associated with that area as much as possible. So the moment they think SEO, they go, ah, you know, I definitely, yeah, these I definitely guys, want to work with yeah. Justin. Yeah, yeah we've uh, tried to keep it just Facebook and you know, like Google SEO, because they, I found that they are quite integral partners to each other. Mm. You know, if you're selling a product with marketing it through Facebook, a lot of people will end up on a website to actually purchase the product or take the next step. And that's fallen well between, you know, the business partners that are involved as I handle the marketing, just all Facebook related side, and then my business partner will handle everything that's website development, and then it falls quite easily into SEO and AdWords. Mm. So you reckon keep that very streamlined and niched. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can put a footnote saying, hey, we also do custom website development stuff. If you're curious, ask. Yeah. But don't invest time in putting pages and pages on the website and diluting your message. Mm. It will work against you. Okay. The problem is people will see, it's it's, cho it's a choice problem, right? It's a choice anxiety problem. Yep. You present them with too many choices. They'll bookmark the website and then they'll never come back to yeah. actually read it. So... You really want your message to be spelled out in the first heading. Yeah. It's like, here's what we do. Stick to one thing and be good at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Be really good at it. And everything about the website should support that. Every case study should highlight that. Right. You know, when you walk in, your PowerPoint presentation should be, boom, here's what we do. Mm. Let's have a look at your SEO right now. Tapity yeah. tapity tap, you know. That's another thing. How do you do your sales calls? Uh, so that has been, I've done a little bit of that, but that is handled by my other business partner who does pretty much all of that. Um, we pretty much ring them up and just cold call businesses. We've tried to stick to uh, sort of food businesses mainly, so cafes slash restaurants, because that's who our first client was and that's who we've got the most experience with currently. So we just call them up and say, hey, you know, you look at, and offer them essentially a free 15 minute consultation on their business. So we usually will pull up their Facebook page, pull up their Instagram profile, pull up their website, 
see if they're currently running any promotions, uh, whether it would be suited for their business, you know, how they're tracking, and then sort of put together a little report and offer to give them free 15 minutes of, you know, here's what we would do if we were to take over your business, have that for free. Mm. And then if they're interested, we'll go from there. But um, funnily enough, none of the clients we're currently working with have come from doing goal calling. They've all come from people we know or uh, done something else for. That's then the the um, the conversation of marketing has then come up separately and going, oh hey, you do marketing? Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, would you come and you know, could you do this? Yeah, we could. Nothing's actually come from calling people and saying, hey, are you interested in this? The most important thing you've got in those in your marketing in general is the individual business relationships. Mm-hmm. Once you're in, it's very easy to introduce new products because yep. the trust in the relationship is there. You're even in the billing yeah, system. True. You know, it means one less vendor for them to work with. They quite like that. So that you've absolutely got the right idea. Now, cold calling will work eventually, and your process sounds good. Doing a demonstration, walking in, showing them where they're weak. And then turn around and straight away offer them a proposal. Yep. You know, for $1,000, we can do an initial complete SEO rerun of your website on WordPress, yep. tweak all your keywords, you know, do the research, give you a report at the end as well yeah. of what we've done. And that will help optimize you and, and set expectations. You know, with SEO, it may take six months before Google really shows significant change. Yep. It's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, but we'll make sure that you are positioned optimally yeah as optimally as we can and we'll make some recommendations for future things like hey this product and service isn't well represented on your website so you've got no you've got no page for this therefore your seo is kind of going to be weak yep. in that area you become a business partner your goal in the long term is for that relationship to be one where the moment they think internet they're like i know who to call yep yep Okay, so focus on one product, get good at that. Once you get clients and you've established that relationship, then if you have other offerings, offer it from there rather than up exactly. front saying, there's all the 105 different things that we do. Exactly. Right. At that point, you know, you may even partner with other companies, someone else to do, say, web development, someone else to do, say, Instagram feeds, you know. Depends on where you're going. Yeah. And... That's kind of a good example, actually, because the, the mechanics are different. Yeah. You know, for Instagram, for example, you want local photographers that are yep. pretty decent who can just regularly go in and post new photos of the food. Or you want someone who can train the staff how to yeah. do that. Or you want to keep an audit and reply to the comments. All of that's going to be quite important in making that work. But you may not have the time and the bandwidth to actually handle it all yourself with mm. your company. So let, let's just talk about, go back to the single business or, I mean, personally, I do kind of feel like, you know, we are de- de- uh, departmentalized where I handle marketing, someone else handles sales, someone else handles uh, website development. Can you just give me sort of an overview of how how do you, as the head of your department or running a your own business as a one-man team how do you keep focused and sort of over, overcome the sort of the mental hurdles of you know staying motivated do you have like a, an overarching goal that you have on your wall or 
you know, you use any techniques like affirmation or visualization or anything like that? That's, a, that's probably a, num a number of different questions, so I'll unpack it a little bit. Uh, the, the two main things I could see is how do you stay focused, yep. right? Uh, which, which comes down to how do you protect your time and your attention? Very limited resources you want to focus uh, directly. And the separately from that is motivation. Yep. Motivation is very emotional, right? It's not cognitive. So when I don't, we'll start there. That's probably the easier one. But so you're saying that motivation, you're separating motivation from focus, two yes. different areas to work on. Yes. Right. Okay. So, so on the one hand, you've got the, the resource management, you yep. can think. How do you make yourself as efficient and effective as possible so you can move forward? Yep. The second one is, why do you want to move forward? Yep. How do you keep yourself wanting to move forward? So I think of it very much as one is a rational problem and one is an emotional problem. Mm -hmm. Let's tackle the emotional one first, which is how do you stay motivated? A lot of people swear by things like vision boards and um, you know even affirmations. I'd say if you're if you're facing problems with overcoming fear. Mm -hmm. If you're really struggling with situations where you feel like you're, you're not confident in your ability to move forward, you're not confident in your ability to close a sales deal, or you're not confident in your ability to complete a project, those might be helpful. Yeah. Because they'll help you work step by step. In general, though, motivation is about being passionate about what you're doing yep. and actually spending your time doing that. Mm-hmm. Someone who uh, loves playing piano doesn't need to be motivated to, to play piano, yeah. right? So your, your goal is to strip away all of the distracting, mucky stuff that takes you away from that part that you love. Mm. Good example is um, most of my businesses have been tech-related. Quite a few of them have been service-side. So I've been a management consultant for 20 years and my work there is, the way I define it, is very much about problem solving. I love the problem solving. I love being, facing this impossible situation that no one has a solution for mm. and figuring out how to solve it. That is so much That's fun. That's what keeps you motivated. That's what keeps me motivated, yep. right. Which means it's up to me to make certain that I'm always squarely aimed in that direction. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. There will be other things that come up, like, hey, build this boring system as infrastructure that we yeah. need, or hey, go to these boring meetings because these people want you know, to ask questions, yeah. or hey, travel here, travel there, write up this documentation, which are boring and useless and have nothing to do with, with my job. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the way I protect myself there is the, is the second part of your question, right, is uh, delegate. Okay. Master delegation. There are a lot of ways to delegate. Um, you can obviously hire people or bring in temporary people to do that. Oftentimes, you can just designate someone that, hey, I need, you know, this is your role, the weekly report. Yeah. You know? Or um, I'm going to put together my notes for this important, you know, white paper that has to be written up, but I need you to turn that into a document. Okay. I'm just bullet pointing it for you. Yep. So I've I've still done the hard yards in the sense of, you know, I've, I've got made, made certain that all of the essentials are in there, but someone else is doing the wordsmithing. 
Yep. Right. Now, I haven't gone so far as to outsource this type of work to India or anything, but, but I've talked to a lot of people that have huge success doing that. Virtual assistants, that sort of thing. Yep. yep. Uh, and what I do do is use tech as much as possible. So anything related to communication, I delegate. In other words, you could pick up the phone and ring and ring and ring and then maybe reach the other person at the other end or maybe get voicemail and maybe leave a message and then not know if they got it or when they got it mm -hmm. and they may not reply to it or maybe they reply by voicemail. That's really inefficient, right? Very expensive on time, very efficient on inex uh, very inefficient on attention. And it's also particularly costly in that most of the times you can't move forward not knowing. Mm-hmm. What do they want? What's the answer to this question? I need the answer to this question. Slack for me is a way to delegate that. I know that the moment I have a question, boom, it's out. Now I may not get replied to for 24, 48 hours, but I know that it's on its way. I know that I'm not gonna lose track of that question. I know that it's sitting there for them the moment they, they can. And you can they see can when they've I can see the moment they've replied to it. Yeah. I get noted straight away. And because I organize things by channel, I can go into any project or to any person, individual person or team discussion. And I know exactly where things are. Yep. It's like having you know 50 rooms and I walk room to room and just pick up discussions exactly where they're left off. Yep. It's incredibly powerful that way. The amount of time and stress that saved me yep. is unimaginable, really. So that's what I mean by delegation. Another good example might be I do a lot of writing for my own channels. One of the businesses I run is a self-development psychology group, which, which you've been connected to on occasion. Yep, yep. And uh, Brojo is all about helping people live the best life possible. One aspect of that being building your own business. Mm -hmm. That's if you have the entrepreneurial bug. There's a lot of publishing that we do. So I'm constantly doing podcasts, YouTube videos, writing articles, and it's very time intensive to do some of that work. So as an example of delegation, I use a tool called Otter. Have you heard of Otter? No. So Otter is a, it's an app that runs on your phone. It is a voice transcription service with an AI backend. And I can be at the gym yep. on the treadmill <laughs> getting some exercise, and then basically verbally create an entire article. And before I've gotten home, it is all written up and in my inbox, mm. all text. And from that point, it's just basically editing and adding some graphics and art and published. That saves me roughly two hours per article. Mm. It's beautiful. And again, it's just finding the right tool that can take some mundane, unnecessary, uh, not unnecessary, but unnecessary for me to invest so much time and energy in personally and delegate it, hand it off to some other system or some other person or some other process mm. that can sort that out for me. And I structure my entire, all of my work environments this way. Right now I'm running five businesses. Yep. There's no way I could do that if I didn't delegate 80% of what I do. Yep. Yeah. And have other people that handle decision making for certain things. Mm. I give them authority to make financial decisions in some cases because 
I can't handle every single task in zero. Yeah. Yeah. Delegation is huge. Okay, cool. Uh, sort of one last question. Just going back to, you know, what to focus on as a small business. Say you've got sort of all these tasks and you know that you could do, you could you could go into your website and you could change, you know, update that, that color of that icon or, you know, rewrite some copy in your privacy policy or you could cold call clients or you know there's a, a heap of different things you could do as a new business you could look at getting business cards you know the list goes on forever and ever is there sort of one area that you would try and focus most of your attention on i know a lot of people say like you know cash flow and the bottom line is where you should be you know clients get get money in the bank account that sort of thing do you agree with that or do you have your own take on it depends entirely on the business for a service business where you basically know how to deliver that service. If you have a client today, you yep. have you have things you can do to make money, right? I'd focus on the clients. Yep. So that basically means very simple website so that you have some legitimacy. Right. Go, for you, start for with yourself. one page. Yep. Yeah. Here's what we do. Make it look decent. Do not spend weeks or months or thousands okay. of dollars on it. Just have a basic thing. Um if possible, if you're, for example, offering SEO services, make sure your SEO is good. Yeah, even for that one page. Yeah. Yeah. As best as you can because that's obviously how you should be ranked. Mm. If someone wants to find a good SEO provider, they should be able to type SEO marketers and the top guy at the top of the list is the winner. No, yeah. that's obviously not, not exactly the case, but that's kind of the principle less, here. Yeah. yeah. So you want to be able to demonstrate proof of proof of mm. concept of what you're doing um yeah for service-based businesses i would say the sales and marketing channel is the most important thing yep. as long as you can deliver a basic service start with sales and marketing because the danger of spending too much time in training and skills development and service development and and processes and procedures that will never get used or will get radically changed by any individual client mm. is, is too strong even for something as, as um, routine as, say, a house cleaning business, yep. you see the same problem. They can put together all types of routines and specific you know, documentation on how the staff should clean. But you go to any individual house owner and they will have their own special requests. Yep. And you've got to be able to adapt to that. So you're, what you see as a way to efficientize your processes will actually interfere with them. Right, your ability to deliver a good service. So at the beginning, you'll be you're more adaptable than you'll ever be. Take advantage of that. Mm. That's a strength. Mm. So, as a service business, just execute, create a service, and sell and execute. Provide the provide the service and sell and execute. Yeah, what that means is you'll want to be out doing cold calling too. Yep. And it helps a lot if two people go into a meeting and one of them's the tech guy and one's... I'll tell you, one, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty interesting. So I was always the, the problem solver and the, and the chief architect and the project manager mm -hmm. in, as a management consultant. And the sales team one day discovered that if they brought me on on sales calls, they would close 99% of them. <laughs> yep. Because they had the guy in the room who could answer the client's questions. And that somehow gave the client uh, 
confidence level that it, it, that no sales rep could create by themselves. No matter what track record or graphs or anything they could bring in, it was very different from having the guy in who clearly knew his stuff. Yeah. So the problem with that was that every client wanted a guarantee that I was going to be on their project. I was already on so many projects, it was very difficult. I was like, I can oversee it from a distance or I can commit this many hours. That was There was a limiting mm. factor there. But that was hugely powerful. And if you can create that dynamic where you've got one person who's the extroverted sales type personality who greases the skids and brings the bottle of wine and yep. knows everybody and he's taking them out to lunch last week and all that stuff. And you come in as essentially the product. Yep. Because they're yeah. selling you. That's your true. Your knowledge, your expertise, your skills. And uh, it's a bit of a dog and pony show, but you walk in and say, hey, let's look at your SEO. Here's where I see weaknesses. Here's what we can yep. do about that. And pretty quickly they're like, where do I sign? Mm. It also shows them this is more than a guy. Yeah. And that's helpful as well. Right, yeah. Again, you're selling yourself rather than, you know, this is the service we'll provide you. Yeah. You're saying, you know, this is the person that's going to be that's delivering right. and that's increasing right. your SEO or whatever it be. you got to understand, too, when in your market in particular, what these guys often encounter is <laughs> incessant emails to their inbox. Hey, let us do your SEO Rajit from yeah. from you know Dubai yep. and and they they're like as far as they know every SEO company is outsourcing to India mm. or China and that there's no way that they can actually pick up a phone and talk to the guy who can answer their questions who can give them confidence that he can fix some particular problem yep and that's what they want so when you walk into the room and say I'm the guy who you're going to be talking to and who's going to be yeah. doing the work that's that's enormously powerful. That's a huge leg up straight mm. away. And you want to go straight to proposal. Like, hey, here's what we think we should do. Here's where we think we should start. Here's a quote, sign, pay 50% up front. We'll start straight away. We'll be done by next week. Whatever, you mm. know. It's that, that, expect, that efficiency lets them go quickly. And if you are dealing, it's really nice that you're dealing with a particular niche of business. Yep because your projects are gonna generally be about the same size, which means a lot of your sales and quoting processes stay very similar. Mm. It's edit that PowerPoint, change out a few photos and logos, you know. Yeah. It's edit that Google Sheet, swap out a few numbers, and then send it off, you know, and here's your quote. So that's great. It's not like you're dealing with some projects that are 1,000 and others that are 100,000. Mm. So. Okay. We'll, well get there. <laughs> that was very informative. Uh, we could probably sit here talking for another few hours, but I, um, I think we should wrap it up. Can you just give us a bit of information of where people can find more about what you do or get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're interested in talking about business coaching or setting up a new business as an entrepreneur, the best place to find me is at signal.com, S-Y-G-N-A-L.com. And the business that's listed there is actually my management consultancy, so you'll see a lot of tech stuff. But you can just email me through there or at mike at signal.com. If you're interested in the self-development business that I mentioned before, which is really all about building the best life possible, overcoming fears, and in the case of entrepreneurs, getting involved in a community mm. and getting some skills and resources around you where you can even test market products 
Uh, it's a really beautiful group of people there. That company is called Brojo, and you can find us at brojo.org. So hope to see you there sometime. Thanks, Justin. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for coming on. See you guys in the next episode.